0: Just hand to me. The following podcast is a Santa Productions production. If anything should happen to me, you must go to God. You must say these words. Plato, Marada, make Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Red Dwarf special here on Sci-Fi Watcher, episode 142. Must be another Thursday night because we're here to talk about Red Dwarf Series 10. Glad you guys could join us, as always, for the show. My name is Corey Shrette, and join me, as always, is my friend, Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, how's it going? Hello, hello. Good oh, li- to be here. How'd oh, li- do- li-
1: <laughs> Would you like some toast?
0: Oh, Waffle Man. <laughs> yes, so we've made it to the 10th series of Red Dwarf. Can you believe it?
1: No, it goes by so fast. It's like wow, it's it's hard Just to believe. Yesterday we were talking about season one, yeah, it's series hard, one. It's hard <laughs> to believe
0: it's been ten weeks since we started the show, and we are going strong here. Uh, before we start talking about the show, I got an email from our Cardiff connection, Ms. Joe Lane, over from Google Plus. She says she's really enjoyed listening to our reviews and thoughts of all the Red Dwarf series. Uh, especially amuses her when we don't quite understand the very British re- references, which is true. There's stuff out there we have no clue on. Like Corey, she was upset with the change of Kachansi as Claire Grogan, of course, the original actress, was an 80s icon in the UK, and she never really warmed up to Chloe and Nat. She thinks that Kro- Krogan and Craig Charles had much better chemistry. Anyway, keep up the good work. But but they didn't do, really have a lot of scenes together. Yeah, but the, the flirtation, I like the flirtation and stuff there. Really? I,
1: I like the newer Kachansi. I, I prefer I guess the she newer. just I don't know. Personal know.
0: preference. I guess so. So, so, so that's uh, her thoughts on it. I did agree with her on that. But you know what? To each their own.
1: I wish you would uh, go into more detail about the British references we didn't get.
0: <laughs> uh, she could probably send us like a long email. Hey, hey, Joe, if you or anybody else out there, if you want to uh, point out the references and explain to us uh, what we don't understand, <laughs> that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, you can always email us. Everybody can always email us. Feedback at com. That's feedback at com. All right, before we move on here, uh, donations, you guys want to help us out, head over to our donation page, com slash donate. Multiple ways to help us out. Uh, you know, obviously, you, donating money to us, so we have a wish list over there, telling your friends. Check out how you can help out the show anytime. com slash donate. All right, so Red Dwarf Series 10, of course, starring the same people from the Backdoor Special. Craig Charles was Dave Lister, Chris Barry Arnold Rimmer, Danny John Jules as the cat, and Robert Llewellyn as Crichton. Uh, this, we went back to the old six episode series again. The episodes were Trojan, Fathers and Sons, Lemons, Entangled, Dear Dave, and the Beginning. Uh, it was three years, a little over three years since the last specials aired. So these came out October 4th to November 8th, 2012. Uh, let's go right into Trojan, the first episode. To me, this felt like old Red Dwarf. I don't know if you got the same feeling from the beginning. I did, yeah.
1: I felt like we're back to where we were. I mean, a, a better time. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, this, I, like, like this is old school Red Dwarf. It felt like series five and a half to me. You know, they're still they're still on the ship. You know, Holly's gone away somewhere, but it feels the the humor, the jokes were just like, you know, top form. I I almost like peed my pants every time with the. Uh, this the, In Sweden, 20% of all traffic accidents involve moose. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm almost crying my, my my eyes out. The whole scene where Rimmer's trying to do his uh, – he's, of course, t- um, studying, studying for his astronauts again, as always. Uh, and he has lateral thinking questions he can't stand. And he asks Lister, <laughs> you know, it's 1971. A Swedish man crashes his car, you know. There's no other thing there. And Lister's like, thinks about it for a second. It was a moose. (laughs) The The car, a moose was in the road. A car swerved and hit a tree. And then a Crichton comes in and he asks the same question. Crichton gets it right. He's just wondering how these people get it right. And of course, the cat comes in. The cat, of course, is an idiot. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. No problem. He goes, yeah, starts the question. He goes, it's 1971. A a man crashes his car. And he goes, was he Swedish? (laughs) And it was a moose. (laughs) It's like, oh, I, I love that whole moose scene I was
1: just like Whoa. by the way that ah. is factual All
0: oh is it really stuff
1: I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia uh for this episode mm. and it says the high level of moose collisions in Sweden is well documented an increase in both moose and car numbers in the 1970s brought a substantial increase in moose related accidents peaking in 1980 with about 6,000 moose vehicle collisions occurred
0: oh that's so hilarious I love that <laughs> so there's some truth there I love that whole scene. The whole move scene was great. Yeah. Uh, the other scene I thought was funny too is the. Uh, I, I like how they, you know, try to bring in things on the show. We don't have aliens and stuff all the time. How they had the uh, the droid shopping channel. They get close enough to like these like satellites or whatever, and you know the droid the droid mail order shopping channel is there and uh, the stirmaster. Talk about the stirmaster. You know, it could save you up to two weeks. You know, at the end of your life and stuff like that. Of course, Lister has to have one. So doesn't the cat. I love the whole the whole thing where he calls the phone number and he's sitting there in the queue and the call waiting to get picked up. Yeah. You know, the whole episode to him walking around with a phone.
1: That's crazy. I was like, how, who is he calling? How is he using a phone? That was bothering me. But I'll come.
0: Well, I think it was all machine and operated. They were close enough to it or whatever like that to order it and stuff.
1: And do they just, like, ship it to you, like, on a little probably like droid? A
0: little, yeah, a little pod, like the mail pods or something <laughs> like that probably comes like that. But, yeah, it's, I didn't care about that. I just love the fact that he's sitting there on the phone waiting. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole episode, every time you go around, you see him sitting there with the phone up to his ear It's just like, oh, really? He's, he's on not- a mission with that phone. Oh, yeah, he was going to get it no matter what. Yeah, they find the sp- that other spaceship, though. Of course, the, they can't use it because, you know. Of course, every ship they find, there's always something wrong. They can't use that ship to, to fly back. Uh, the um,
1: it's a, uh, it was a quantum twister ship, which was like what?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like you could like like jump like basically jump from one point in space to another. Was the whole idea of it? Right. Uh, I love those. There's, there's a Mayday SOS, and they find out. The, the funny thing is, the SOS is from one of Rimmer's brothers, Howard Rimmer. You know, and he's got the $70, the ship's going to hit an asteroid storm and get destroyed, so he's got time to study and pass the astronaut so he can become that officer.
1: <laughs> always, you know,
0: he never would mount to a hill of beans, you know. That's, his brothers always did better things and stuff.
1: I just think that was odd that he was also a hologram, you know.
0: Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Well,
1: you know. Had the three, same
0: fate as his brother. <laughs> well, you know, three million years in the future is like, so, you know, I mean, either he's gonna be alive, alive, or he's gonna be. A homo- oh,
1: that's right. You're right. Duh.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. No, it's how still- else is
1: gonna be alive three million years later? He well, right. also
0: played part of the show too, because um, I love how Rimmer, R- Rimmer, um, has a massive data jam. and He gets the beach balls of death in his eyes. It kind of looks like a Macintosh, you know? Right. You know, I mean, the spinning beach balls of doom—they called it in the show. They had a.
1: That's a cringeworthy face, though.
0: Oh, I love that face. He's got some great expressions on his face. <laughs> I, I love how you know they have to they download this stuff, clear out his uh, thoughts and stuff like that because he was all, you know, basically he's stressed out over everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you find out, you know, and of course Howard and, and one of the sims come on board. So these obviously there's different types of simulants and these are like, like almost like droid like beefed up droids that work on the ships, I guess, apparently. This is the first time we actually seen a simulant as one of the crew of a spaceship.
1: Yeah, that was kind of weird.
0: I know, because she comes on board and you're like, wait a minute, she's not human. And then they say, you know, she's a sim.
1: Kind of yeah. Star Trek-ish.
0: Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. I like she has like a USB port in her neck. Yeah. You know, a little downloading information and stuff like that. It's like, oh. And then, of course, you find out Howard's a resentful of rumor because he's a captain. And Howard's just a, a maintenance repair man. <laughs> you know, he just never, like him. Just like him. And he has the beach balls of death.
1: And, and then, I love the, what was no, oh, the revealed to him, like, oh, you know, when I said I had three wives and cars and blah, 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 mm-hmm. I lied. I only had one wife. one wife. That was mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and I love the scene where, uh, oh, before we get to this, I love there's a scene where, where Lister finally gets picked up and he's complaining that it's taken for, forever. He's been on hold forever. It's like, oh, you want to make a complaint? Yes, I do. Please hold. It's like, oh, no, not again, <laughs> you know. And then Crane's like, to help out. And he starts yelling on the phone, and nothing gets it. Was well, that
1: voice on the phone, David Tennant? I mean, it sounded like him.
0: It did, but I don't think it was. I mean,
1: okay,
0: I, I didn't look it up. And then the name, I think it would have been mentioned somewhere in the quick reviews I saw of it. But I, I love how the cat's looking for another marker so he can draw mustaches and stuff on on Howard because they did it with the Brimmer But he, <laughs> he had to be, and he's walking around with this big map. You can see as the Sims there with their gun out, and he's just walking around with the map <laughs> looking like, Where am I going? I don't know where I'm going. Oh, he was looking for markers the whole time? Yeah, he was looking for a Sharpie. I think they actually called it a Sharpie. <laughs> um, but yeah, its I think it's hilarious. And, uh, you know, the Lister had the phone put down and it's secure playing. And he's like, hello, hello. And Lister's like, I'm going for the phone. <laughs> you know, but no matter what. You can kill me whatever. I'm going for the phone. <laughs> you know, I love the fact that he finally gets to the phone and they hung up. But yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a great idea, though. I mean, you know. The whole idea with the corrupt uh data file from Howard that they in- uploaded it to to the simulant to, right. d- to destroy her.
1: Well, it was the it was the regression thing that they downloaded,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I love that at the end there you see she becomes a stir master for the crew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Didn't need it anyway. No, nope.
0: and then and then was something I liked about this is even though the Space Corps doesn't exist anymore, obviously there's nobody out there, but the computer can make decisions for the Space Corps. You put information in there, it'll spit it out. You know, oh. like, Rimmer takes his test, you put it in there, and it gives you the results.
1: Right, like an automated test machine, yeah.
0: Right. Just like when they, t- they said that Howard Rimmer had died for, you know, saving his brother, da 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 they gave him a platinum star fortitude, and they were renaming the Red Dwarf the S.S. Howard <laughs> Rimmer.
1: I thought that was silly, but
0: it was but it was cute though you know
1: i was waiting for them the next episode to put that on the side of it but
0: i don't you know it's funny first time i watched this i i thought the same thing oh man and in the next episode fathers and sons which does a callback of course talking about lister and his father aka himself <laughs> yes you know i i That's love the, really hard to think about i love this whole father's day thing where he he writes a Father's Day card, gets really drunk, and can't remember. And a year later, he has Crichton give him the card. Yeah, which which was a great thing, you know. Uh, I I love the, uh, the also in this episode they were trying to replace Holly. So mm-hmm. They had they had found a uh, – a, uh, I guess a, a some like robot or ship ship, uh, probably AI. Yeah, ship AI or whatever like that to put in the computer and of course I love it, it's a female one and they're talking about, you know, what What, what should we have you know, Crane's asking, remember, what should we have it?" like, ah, whatever, I don't care oh, make it female, oh, 25, yeah. blonde breast size,
1: 36 oh, that doesn't matter,
0: okay, I'll pick the 32 what's that one on the bottom, Thirty-sixty. Ah, I don't care, I'll just pick the bottom one
1: you know <laughs> <laughs> then he goes through emotion, I don't care hmm Logic, I don't care. Yeah,
0: her name's Pri. She has predictive behavior technology, which kind of reminded me of Cassandra a little bit. Cassandra, the, the, sh- the one that could predict the future. Uh-huh. I was kind of thinking that because she could. this one kind of guessed what you were going to do. Yeah, it's a little different. A little different. But you know what I was thinking of when, they, when she said it had predictive behavior technology? It kind of reminds me of predictive text. You know, we well, have text. She brought
1: that up. She said, like, like the predictive text on your cell phone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like the whole idea of that. You know, um, I love the, there's, there's a scene that Lister has to go, goes to the med bot because he has, he's, you know, he basically, he's trying to get therapy and stuff like that. And the medbot says, you have a son? Well, let's put him in the ship's register so he can get free stuff, you know, we get benefits and games and whatever like that. Uh-huh, of course, he registers Dave Lister Jr., which is a throwaway line you totally forget about till later, which I thought
1: was great. And I like then, how they, they blended that story together.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting. The two two unrelated stories kind of meld together. I, I love the whole video. Of Lister, you know, gets up and sees the video from himself. You know, and he says, you know, he tells himself, he's like, you know what, I've been a bad father, but you need to become, register for the JMC Engineer Mining Program. You need to get your tooth fixed, <laughs> you know. And he's like, okay, you know, don't start the film up until you do that stuff. He goes, comes back, starts the film. He told him not to start the film, and he keeps starting the film again and again. He threatens, he's like, you start the film again, I'm going to jettison your guitar into space. That was just a cutout in the corner.
1: (laughs) I I Which is kind of like what happened to him in another episode.
0: Yeah. The uh, season. Like when they got marooned and they cut out the card, he cut out one of the back of Rimmer's chest and used that as the guitar to burn. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that too. But yeah, I thought it was interesting, though, this whole thing how, you know, Lister's smart enough to know what he's going to do when he's sober (laughs) I I thought it was hilarious that whole scene and yeah uh, yeah, there was problems on B-Deck and of course pre-fixed B-Deck the way Rimmer would have had B-Deck fixed so it's all in disrepair it's all screwed up and things are broken I didn't
1: expect that I I, I thought that she would have just fixed it
0: yeah but she fixed it the way they would have fixed it right so that's a downside of the productive uh, technology she had in her you know and uh oh yeah and the yeah when Lister was drunk he resigned from Red Dwarf so he's no longer part of the crew so Priest, of course says he's uh his free action supply runs out because he's no longer part of the crew and I like how she forces him into an airlock
1: yeah with the uh with those bulldozers with blades on them (laughs) yeah
0: I was like what I don't know what purpose they serve besides that but I thought it was interesting
1: just to kill (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: And the fact that since there's no humans aboard the ship anymore, the the mission is is over with. So it's just going to destroy the, the ship.
1: I totally forgot about that aspect of the, the story. Like the whole story is to keep uh, Lister because he's the last human, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a great idea that he comes back on the ship and he tells them that, you know, I am a crew member. I'm Dave Lister Jr. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. You are the crew. That means you're a human. That means I don't fly into the thing. And then he has her uninstall herself, you know? And I thought that was a great idea. It was such smart writing on this episode. Yeah. You know, two different stories that came together perfectly at the end. You're like, oh, okay, it makes total sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of my favorites as far as this season.
0: Yeah, it really is mine too. Uh, and of course, the next one's called Lemons. And, what, you know, this is what happens when you pick up stuff from your journeys, they, get, they find a, a rejuvenation shower which can help when you it's a shower that you, you put together and you get inside it and makes yourself younger and to a better self. And, of course, Cat's like, oh, it'll make me like last Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, it's a do-it-yourself thing. It takes only three hours, but, of course, that's Swedish for a week. And, of course, it's amazing. Yeah, these they're kids.
1: like IKEA furniture kind of thing.
0: That's what it felt like. I didn't think of it. Yeah, the well. whole Swedish thing, it's IKEA. I didn't think of that. But that's, that's a good one. I didn't pick up on that. Boy, I gave you a bonus points for that. <laughs> of course you know like anything you put it together it has spare parts and they're trying to test it with socks just because and of course the beams are misaligned and welcome to britain 23 ad and they have the remote but they don't have the batteries and of course to make batteries they need lemons and where are lemons india <laughs> oh they walk across you know two continents for six months to get there
1: I this this is not one of my favorite episodes
0: no I, this was one of the weakest ones but the whole the whole idea I love the fact that they get there like oh we traveled we traveled six months to get here for lemons and la la and, and like how many do you need oh just need eight I'll make it 10 you know I love that and of course they need copper and copper's famous in Britain and it's like oh you're kidding me please don't make this one of those walking back and forth ones
1: yeah I, I was really hoping they didn't do that
0: I, I was too I'm glad they didn't do it um yeah, this is the whole Jesus story, which I thought was kind of interesting.
1: For a second, I was. Once they got into it, I was like, "No, I don't really like this." Yeah, the bring him um, the ship. The one thing that bothers me though is Crichton is a robot. Crichton <laughs> run off power. Crichton has power to power the remote.
0: Yeah, but he might not have battery power. He might not be on a, a same he type of
1: battery. battery. He's 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 an android. I I you figure they, they would have it. wired wired him to power i don't
0: know yeah you're right about that they probably could have wired him up somehow um but yeah this is uh i mean there were a couple good things i like at the beginning there were listers cooking up a, a, a steak a rib and uh a cho- a pork chop they found the deep freezer Crichton's quarters and you find out later on that you know Crichton does surgeries on him at nighttime when rimmer says it's okay to to fix him you know and i, I love that he took like you know like his like his uh his 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 appendix and all this other stuff out, and put it in the freezer, and you realize that the cat actually ate <laughs> Lister's <his> body parts. <laughs> I love that because it's like at the beginning, that's like a throwaway line. It comes back, like, Ooh, that's bad.
1: Yeah. That was yeah, a good callback.
0: Th- that was a good callback. But the whole Jesus thing with, uh, you know, oh, find out who he really is and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, I, it like you said, it was just a weak episode.
1: Yeah. And Jesus with the British accent just bothers
0: me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, not really the most exciting thing in the world.
1: Yeah. This is a throwaway episode for me.
0: Yeah, really. It was a weak one. I mean, you know, I figured it would have been better. After the first two, you're like, okay, this is getting better, you know. Uh and Tang, what's the next episode? Uh, let's see. What's this? one? Oh, this is the one where Lister goes crazy. Or I'm sorry. Rimmer goes crazy and uh, everything has to be filled out in accident report forms. And he's got forms for everything now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this is the one where they uh, – uh, the coincidence thing. they made. This is a callback to the first episode of the season, where where Crichton had taken one of those their quantum cell quantum rods from the from the uh, ship, and he's taken apart and looking at how it works, mm-hmm. to see if he somehow integrate it. And I, I like the fact that the cat and Crichton are saying the same things together. And Crichton mentions a book called The Roots of Coincidence, and Cat has the book in his hand.
1: Yeah, I man, some good stuff like that in this. Uh. And then also he he loses. This is where uh, Lister loses Starbug, and also Rimmer in a poker game with Gelfs that are yeah. called eggs.
0: Yeah, they eat like sludge, garbage, and stuff like that. Basically, is what they do. Yeah, I, I, I love I love the fact that uh, there's a scene where you know you know he tells Rimmer, "Hey, you lost," and the cat's like, "We're all going to miss you. Well, except for him, him and me." <laughs> yeah, like yeah, no one's going to miss you. Um. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's funny though. Uh, then um, it felt, if, you know, I like the Lister comes back and he has a, he goes down to try to win back and he has a groin exploder device hooked up to his crotch. <laughs> right. You know, the idea is like, if we don't give him rumor, boom. You know, goodbye fun stuff.
1: <laughs> they, so they go and try and find the, uh, the person that created it.
0: Well, yeah, they, tr- well, first they try to deal with with the gels, try to give them the spoon of destiny yeah know, instead of Rimmer, because the Rimmer kind of looks like an idiot they you know his weird face and stuff like that
1: but and then, then they start it, choking but what are they choking on
0: it's something to do with the coincidence i think the fact that the cat and and Crichton somehow it was to do with the coincidence oh i thought
1: of, it was something they ate they were eating something and then they started choking and
0: yeah and i think it was the fact that the, something to do with the coincidence and those two were too close to them or something
1: Oh. But okay. yeah,
0: I, I like the whole idea. It was a little far-fetched how they like, look at the book and there's a star destination and there's numbers and coordinates and they figure out to, where they have to go. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like, okay, it's a little interesting, a little bit of a stretch, though.
1: Yeah, and they, they find that professor and you get to see uh, Rimmer like uh, go back into his soft leg. hmm
0: Yeah, it's the first time I ever get to see him do that in this series. So you can go in the vault to open it up. And I love the whole idea is, is this place is a, where they use wrong theories. All these theories are wrong. And if you put two wrong theories together, it makes them a right theory. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just an interesting idea. And of course, the, the woman that they bring out, a 31 year old female, you know, it could be Kachansky. Of course, it's not Kachansky because why would it be?
1: Right. That, 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 was, that part was funny when, um, you know, Rimmer was like, oh, she's five foot five. Uh-huh. Kachansky's five foot five.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's a brunette. Chansky's brunette. She's female. She's thirty one. Oh my god! And of course, she like no, it's not. But it's a chimpanzee because she was doing um, experiments on, on evolution, and of course, instead of it working the right way, it works the wrong way. Right. I, I thought it was interesting. I lo- I love the fact that when they uh, they had the device to change her, they took the device and they changed her back into a human. She's naked, and they're like, "Don't worry, take your time to get the stuff, Crichton." Yeah. You know, walk real slow don't use the elevator to go get the clothes well you know
1: <laughs> i like little things like her glasses are upside down you that know that bothered me i was like does she know they're upside down or i guess that's because of the way she she sees the world or something mm-hmm. or
0: yeah and I, I and i love the uh um i love the whole thing where there's the five symbols you have to turn them off in the right order and she knows how to turn them off And she, you know, like there's five symbols and she mentions four of them and they go, wait a minute, if she's wrong, go with the one she doesn't say. (laughs) You know, her name is Irene. Her nickname was E they get to the last two and then they're like, wait a minute, maybe Irene E Irony. So maybe if she says the one, it's the right one this time. And it's like, okay, it's kind of interesting. You know, I I, I think it's an interesting story, but I love the fact at the end that she asks Rimmer, you know on a date and she asks him, it's okay if they can make love on the first evening together. And then as they're walking, you know, Lister comes in from an airlock and she trips over that big box of papers Rimmer had yeah. into the airlock. And of course, don't hit a button. She does. And she goes out. <laughs> uh, and I just think it's hilarious that Rimmer has to fill out all the paperwork now for the accident.
1: <laughs> it was, it was the whole a cute. paperwork thing is I'm like, what they're off there in space. Who cares?
0: Yeah. I, well, that's, that's Rimmer free. He loves to do stuff by the book. Right. Uh, Dear Dave's the next one. Uh this is the vending machine one. I thought it was interesting. The the vending machines play a big part in this episode. Way big part, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's hilarious. I I love the whole thing with uh, uh what was it oh uh the, was it machine number twenty three, I think. No, that's the French accent one. No, thirty-four, something like that. He's talking to one of the machines and she's yeah, like Yeah, it's
1: 23 and 34, are the two dispensers.
0: Yeah. I love the one thing he's like. She's like, I've always wanted to see what's around the corner. You know, <laughs> he pulls around the corner and then he, he's trying to move her and then she falls on her back and he's on top of her. And it looks like he's trying to, you know, have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, really?
1: Yeah, that was it, hilarious. It's
0: hilarious. You know, you know, it's kind of predictable, but it's it's still hilarious to watch him do that. Yeah, this is another one. It's kind of felt like another. This like, is like a going?
1: heavy Dave. Uh, episode. I yeah. guess that's why it's called Dear Dave. But yeah, well,
0: because it's because the the post pod arrived again. You know, he gets a letter from someone named Haley Summers he used to go out with, and she wrote a she wrote a letter to him. It's a confession. She was seven weeks pregnant, and she doesn't know if it's his or Roy, some other guy she was seeing at the same time. Right. Which of course he didn't know about. She's going to go take a DNA test.
1: And it was hilarious when uh when he was explaining to Cat about Roy. About being at the bank, you know, working at the bank and using the – what was it again? Use his fingers on the things that you open envelopes with or –
0: Yeah, the – yeah, I know what you're talking about. I I can't think of it right now.
1: Right. And then uh, he was talking about how uh, Roy and her were in the bank vault and she had to work after hours. And, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like he didn't get it. He didn't get that – Yeah. Seeing him.
0: I know, it's so obvious. It's like, but hello? Yeah, so... um, Yeah, and and the fact that... uh, This is the one, too, where... uh, uh, The MediBay. Why is this the MediBay one, too? Do you remember what's going on? Oh, the the
1: MediBay one? one um, Are you sure you're talking about this one was the MediBay one?
0: Yeah, there was something to do with the MediBay because the MediBay... You, wanted, you bribed the Medibay by saving money, and this is the one where Crichton got all the toilet paper.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot what that was. Oh, that is because uh, Rimmer, remember he got a letter that says he shouldn't be – he's been like three million years out of service, and he has to come up with an excuse for why he's been away, and uh-huh. he was trying to get the Medibay to give him the – like an absence or absence or something like that. And uh-huh. the only way he could do that is if he was, uh, something wrong with him. So they're going to bribe the medibay to say that he was sick the whole time or something.
0: Yeah. That's when Crichton. It was a convoluted story. Yeah. It was something weird. Yeah. Crichton's takes all them toilet paper to, to save some sort of loophole. And of course, the computer says, thank you, but just to set up. Of course, that's when the cat's walking around trying to find toilet paper.
1: <laughs> yeah. This was a whole convoluted story. And the, the, the meat of it was just the whole um, Lister and uh, trying to find out if he had a kid or not. To me, the to me that I mean
0: that was what the story was about. To me, the meat of the story was the whole vending machine thing. All the vending he spent mach- a lot
1: of time with the vending machines, and it was it was funny. I mean, it was funny when he was hitting on the first hitting on the French one, and then mm-hmm. the other one is you know refusing to him service because he's cheating on her, and it's. It
0: was kind of interesting. kind of it was an interesting way to bring new characters in the show without actually, you know, bringing new characters. Casting in the show. anyone, yeah. Yeah, you know, just having voices there. I mean, like I said, the whole sex scene was hilarious. She's never seen a corner and she falls in her back. She's like, "Oh, I've never seen a ceiling."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I love it. when Crichton's watching this, and and he's like, he's looking, at, and Lister's like, "I'm just trying to pick her up," and, and Crichton's like, "You're well past that stage, sir."
1: <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> And that's oh, and, yeah. uh, what list or um, Rimmer has a report that he's filling out, but uh, Kat ends up using that report as toilet paper because it ran out of toilet paper.
0: Yeah, he has some of those letters. Of course, one of the letters he has is the letter with the results. And surprise, surprise, he's not the father. He's
1: Roy's kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, it, either way, it didn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like three million years, they're, they're long gone. Which takes us to the last episode of the series, the beginning. Kind of weird, though. This one starts off in Rimmer's past. You know, he's he's late to class. His father is the teacher of the class. You know, and his experiment. They always, you know, an experiment. Whatever the wrong answer is, they want the class to answer it that way. And Lister, of course, Rimmer answers the right answer, and he looks like he's wrong.
1: Isn't that weird? It looked like. Why they made it look like it was the fifties? I don't know. Yeah.
0: I know I like, make it look
1: timeless kind of. I don't know. I, I
0: guess. I don't know. Oh yeah, and then we get a I guess if this felt like a character that was on the show before we never saw this weird droid character. You know? He comes like you kill <laughs> you killed my brother, and he goes to the cat and the cat's just like, Yeah, listers up a couple floors and you know, like everyone's like, Whatever. And he he challenges them to a duel. There's probably with-
1: something like that happened in between episodes or something, right? Yeah, it,
0: it, it is. It's some it's some running gag or something like that, I guess. that something we didn't see. He's obsessed with challenging for a duel through space and time. <laughs> They're all dueled out. I love that. It's like, oh, I want to duel you.
1: I'm done doing that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like he's like, what do we do? Let's do a bake off. If I win duel, you know, and if you win, you win a map you've never stuff you've never seen before, showing wormholes, derelicts, and stuff like that, and he stole it from a simulant ship. Which, of course, is they get attacked by a simulant ship. But I thought it was hilarious that there's a, there's a, a breach in the hull right in that room and it sucks the droid into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the droid's stuck there. They grab his gun, of course. But yeah, I think it's hilarious that he gets sucked in the hole and he's, he's blocking it up for them. <laughs> these dro- I didn't like these simulants that much, they felt a little too human to me. Which
1: ones? The ones
0: that were attacking them? Yeah, the on the rogue simulant ship, because you had the one where the there's a scene where the captain shows up, talks to the general. He says, you know, they messed up, they didn't get the ship or whatever like that. And the general slides his sword across he says, you know what you're supposed to do and he's and the captain stabs himself. You want you, to, you know, he's like, I want you to polish a sword and write a formal letter. And I'm like, it they felt a little too humanoid, you know, a little too Yeah human esque
1: but that you you saw that they were simulants because they had like circuit boards on their heads and stuff.
0: Yeah, but I I kind of like the other simulants we had that were just like out there to kill, you know, not like these, I don't know, these felt like they're trying to be a little more humorous. I didn't like them as much. Yeah. Uh yeah, this is the yeah, I I like the gun that the they stole from the droid, the 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 red dwarf crew stole that yeah. uh, you know, takes matter and uh, makes it like uh Oh, wobbly! Yeah, wobbly. So they could like like fall through the floor and stuff like that. That was that was interesting. This is the episode too. I love this episode because they mention the series eight finale with the the corrosive microorganism that was destroying Red Dwarf.
1: How so? Where had they mentioned it?
0: They they don't you remember? They were they're, they're talking about whether well, they when they took uh Starbug I think it was or Blue Midget whatever they took the ship Blue, they were hiding. Yeah. Yeah, they're hiding in the asteroid belt, and they're talking about, talking about how he saved Red Dwarf from the highly corrosive microorganism. And as he's about to mention how he did it, they, they interrupt him.
1: Oh, that's why they laughed, because I remember that he was about to do that, and then they interrupt him, and the, the, the audience like was hilarious, laughing hilariously. Yeah,
0: that, that is, we never find out, which is hilarious. Yeah. Ah, that's so
1: wrong.
0: Yeah, see, so they acknowledge that that series happened. Series 8 did happen. You know, like, oh, so, I mean, season.
1: this is not an alternate universe, then.
0: No, this isn't. This follows on from that. So, obviously, something happened between Series 8 and Back to Earth. Ugh. I know. Like I said, so it's, I mean, obviously, we don't know what it is, but I, I love the fact he's like, yeah, I saved Red Dwarf from the highly corrosive mor- organ- microorganism by, and then they interrupt him.
1: Yeah. You know. That was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, it is interesting, though. I, and I think it's interesting, though, that, you know, Rimmer had a message from his father that he's supposed to play when he becomes an officer. And, you know, to to clear out it that, so
1: happens this is the first time we hear about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's you know, of course, let's retcon the whole thing. And I, I think it's interesting that they. Uh, he finally plays the message. He finds out that it's not his father. His father was Dungo the gardener.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: so he's done better than, you know, I think it's father.
1: perfect. I think that's perfect. It him. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I love, I love, I love it. He's like, so, you know, your family line is made up of lame brains and trollops. And P.S. Actually, I won't be sending you any more birthday presents. (laughs) But I think it's kind of interesting that Rimmer actually starts to become a leader
1: here, you know. Oh, because his explanation is he doesn't have anything holding him back.
0: Yeah. He actually has a plan on how to, to try to do, you know, to get out of this. But the other three disagree with him. He's like, the heck with it. Let's do it. Yeah. You know. And, the, you know, of course, he still becomes a scaredy-cat. You're like, ah, you know, don't destroy us uh, because of the Geneva Convention. And, like, we're going to fire And you're like, ah, I'm going to write a letter because of the Geneva Convention, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, of course, the four ships are, like, you know, facing, you know, across from them. So they're right in the middle of these four ships. And they all shoot their missiles at the same time. And Lister uses that gun to de- destabilize the bulkhead. So the missiles just fly right through, which is a little you know, shady in itself.
1: I thought they took a long time to get there. The missiles. I know. They like, talked a lot before the missiles actually showed up. But yeah. when they went through, they went to the other side really quickly.
0: Yeah, because it's interesting because <laughs> once they go through, of course, then the droids are like, oh, well, please don't, don't fire on us on the Geneva Convention, blah, 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 blah. And of course, they're destroyed. But I do love the fact that, you know, they tell Crichton to set a course for Red Dwarf, the slime's coming home. And I thought that was perfect. Why did I say that's perfect? Because the last line of the first episode of series one, that's what... Slime, they said the same thing? Lister said that. Holly, set a course for Earth. The slime's coming home. Oh, really? hmm And, of course, the first episode was called The End, and this episode's called The Beginning.
1: So they can't use that gag if they have a new season.
0: Well, they can't. Well, they've already used... I mean, if... If they, don't, you, if they don't
1: have they another They should start the new, the new season with the middle.
0: <laughs> the middle. middle no, because in
1: the beginning they'd done the end. They haven't done the middle as an episode title.
0: Yeah, but, but. here's the thing. Even if they, I, I want series 11, don't get me wrong, but if they don't do a series 11, it's a nice way to end it. Yeah, it is. You know, the first episode's the end, the last episode's the beginning, and you did a callback to the very beginning of the show.
1: Right, um,
0: but yeah, that's that's the last series. No, nope. then there's there. a
1: post-credits.
0: Oh, I I love that. Yeah, you killed my brother. Then I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was great that they brought that in there. It was nice to see that at the end of the credits too. Just a little little more for us to go.
1: What are your thoughts of this series? You know, I liked it. It had you know it has its good, bad, um, more good than bad. I would think mm-hmm. the first two were were golden. Those oh are those God. are my favorites. Like I said, it
0: felt like old school Red Door. Yeah,
1: but then it, it kind of like dipped a little bit for me with three, mm-hmm. three and four, really. Right, and five, five and six got a little better. Right, five not so much because eh, the convoluted story with with uh, Rimmer. The vending had, ma- the vending
0: machines helped that episode, though I think it helped.
1: Yeah. Uh, read the story notes about this because they were supposed to reintroduce Kachansky in this episode and they just couldn't. So mm. they had to do a lot of rewrites. So I'm
0: kind of glad, glad they didn't though.
1: Yeah. But I thought it was a good episode when I mean, it was back to their form, back to the Red Dwarf that really worked for them. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, Series 8 um, worked for them as much. No. no. Um, when they had that full, you know, the full Season 1 cast on there. Right. But this, I mean, this is what works. This is the Red Dwarf that we all love and want to see more of, you know.
0: I, I Yeah, I enjoyed the vending machines. I'm, I'm glad that they brought them into the show. It makes it fun. There's, you know, so many decks on here. They could have so many different types of vending machines. It could get goofy. It would be hilarious. I miss Starbug. I miss them going off-world. I, I do, too. Um, I, I miss Ollie. I think the special effects were better. Than we've had Definitely, in, yeah.
1: in previous years. But I think it's just because it's more modern, because they've well, had all that time. Well, Series 8,
0: the, the special effects in Series 8 were kind of iffy. Mm-hmm. You now, the colors were kind of brighter and stuff when you saw outside the ship.
1: The one thing that I didn't like, and it's in a lot of shows and movies, and that's like when they're on deck and there's these monitors with stuff going on in the background, like busy mm-hmm. ocean. Like, right. I just think that's lame, but yeah. Um,
0: to me, the show is on the way back up. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, definitely. yeah, eight, uh, back to earth. Definitely no. I mean, like I said, first two episodes are golden. You feel like this is old school Red Dwarf series eleven. I think will even be better if there ever is a series eleven. Yeah. Um, keep the gu- keep it. You know, bring the starbug back in. I-, I would
1: still love to see Holly again, of course. I, I complained about. Their age being a problem when back to Earth, mm-hmm. but this one you—it doesn't even bother me. They—they're back to the the way they were. You I know it almost, almost
0: almost feels like they're younger in this than they were in that. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It could have been the lighting. It could be in the makeup. I don't think they made them purposely look younger, but maybe it was just the way the makeup was done, the lighting was done. You know, but it, you're right though. I didn't realize well, maybe
1: that. the fact that they had a, a, a live audience there and it wasn't taped. It could be a
0: two. Yeah, it could be because the set's not completely closed in. So you're right. It could have been that. Whatever it was, right. Definitely it was much better than what we've had in recent years before. And I am so glad to have series ten. You know, something I thought we would never get to when I was watching the show as the show was on the air. I was excited for this and it came out and I'm like, thank you. Now all I'm waiting for is series eleven. No word on if if and when we will ever get it.
1: No, but we have rumor mills that it's being written right as we speak. So
0: It doesn't mean anything. You could write it, but if, if Dave TV, the channel that has this show, doesn't commission the series, it's just scripts.
1: Now, how cool would it be if, if we had Series 11 and Rob Grant is also involved? That would I, I think the show would be a
0: 1,000% better if Rob Grant returned, but I don't think that will ever happen.
1: Really? They really burnt the bridges between the two? I don't know. Burnout? What? I maybe just no interest in it. I want to see. I mean, or was it Doug Naylor the whole time? You know?
0: I don't know. It seemed like it was a 50-50 thing from the articles and stuff I read. It seemed like they were both writing like yeah. half the episodes. They were writing it together, but it was like 50-50 work. It wasn't like all Rob or all Doug. Um, I'm thank goodness at least Doug stuck around. So we had one of the original guys here, one of the creators of the show. Because I think if both of them had left at one point, I think the show would have just been been pure crap.
1: Oh yeah. There would be it would be a shell of a show.
0: Yeah. Shell shell of a show. There is some <laughs> word for it. There's some good alliteration. So yeah, that's it. That's our thoughts on Red Dwarf Series 10. Um we're not done yet. No, we're not done. Because next week we're going to go seven trillion years in the future or thirty years in the past, however you look at it. We're gonna look at the 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 radio skits that these are based on called um Dave Holland's Space Cadet, which is going to be interesting, something I have never heard before, and I can't wait to talk about it on the show next week. As always, we have tons of other stuff going on. Next Saturday, we are going to start doing some more Riddick stuff since we watched the first and third film. We're going to talk about the animated uh, Chronicles of Riddick, Dark Fury, and then next Sunday we will have a full-blown episode the Chronicles Rick, of course, that'll be the day right after the Dark Fury. So make sure you check those out. Of course, I want to thank Mr. Brian Lee for being here tonight. Brian, where can we find you online?
1: I uh, can always find me on Twitter. It's at Brian Says.
0: And of course, all our contact information, so much more, over at SciFiWatcher.com. Follow us on Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter, email us, voicemail. All that stuff is over there. Can't miss it at SciFiWatcher.com. Check out our live schedule. When we record the shows? over at the schedule section watcher.com slash schedule always up to date always tells you what we're doing and if there's a change last minute it will always be there so check us out at the schedule I want to thank everyone out there for downloading this Red Dwarf special episode of the show glad you guys have been joining us for these and I hope you're enjoying them and until next time have a good one